from the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors. I don't need your rocking chair, your Geritol or your Medicare. Well, I still got neon in my veins. This gray hair don't mean a thing. No, I don't. I do my Welcome this in, everybody. For you, Bill. <laughs> Number three is the Big and Wild Outdoors continues on this uh, getting brighter Saturday I, morning. It's nice outside. I but, turned around. I got up to the window. I looked. And there was a squirrel going across the I'm parking lot. I'm telling you, you should have oh, done. Uh, you should go outside and call I, in and give I, us the squirrel report. Where's he, he, uh, he? He got covered by the building, so from right now he's not in a shooting position from from the window. What tree did he come? He come out of that oak the, tree right he, there. He was coming across from the oak tree out across the parking lot. But if he if he starts wandering back, he he. he I mean, you don't want to hit. Is he a big boy or uh, he, is he a youngster? He was very, very, very nice. Really? Oh yeah. We'll keep an eye on that he, guy. He might take the Calcutta. If we, uh, if you don't know, uh, there's lots of folks that are already starting to post their pictures up on their uh, the Brooksville Squirrel Hunt, uh, Brooksville Annual Squirrel Hunt competition going on. If you follow them on Facebook, it's uh, pretty cool. There's people that are already starting to post uh, pictures of their squirrels that they're getting already this morning. And I uh, got a mess of them. People are, uh, right now, as we know of, I know that Carlos has four down and Toby has four down. So at least you, you're one away from your at least minimum uh, weigh-in weights kind of thing. So uh, Bill George is going to be heading out of here as quickly as he can afterwards. I might not be out of here as quick as I can. That, that bugger, he. he <laughs> We're going to see Bill George with a trap outside. I, I got to tell you, though, I, I still believe in flying to Iowa because if you look at the big and wild cam, Big Red is on the cam. There are some big fatties look, on uh, there, Yeah, big, old Big Red's right there. Mm. Look at him. Well, you got to remember it snowed again. Uh, for a while there, the snow had all melted off, and now it has fallen again. So uh, they got that thicker fur on there. You know, they're going to – Nah, he's a, he's a chunky. He's a chunky boy. They got chunky boys on there for sure. So uh, it, I don't know if Iowa would be quite a stretch – Unless you got a Learjet no, But look on. at him. Look at him from the backside, right? He's just It's like a girl at the bar, right? You're looking at her from the backside. As long as he doesn't turn around, he's a pretty good-looking one. Well, <laughs> when you look at a squirrel and there's a crease <laughs> in his backside. Uh-oh. Oh, wait. Toby he's got did, some hips on him. Look at him. Report. Toby just uh, texted me number five. So he's, he's on a roll, man. Carlos, I haven't, I haven't heard from Carlos in a while. Heard of, uh, I think yeah. the last one, uh, fourth down, was at 8-11. So, uh, yeah. where are you at, Carlos? I know where he is. I know where he is. Well, I'm not going to give up his spot, that's for sure. So, uh, Carlos, uh, I don't know. I don't know if he's listening or not. I know Car- Toby is, but uh, uh, one of those things where we have our own little in-studio competition kind of going on right oh, yeah. here. Yeah. And uh, now that Bill George has seen one out the window oh, here no, at the this, radio station, we're, this one we're was pooched. chunky. This one was chunky. Yeah, now we're pooched. Uh, if you wanted to head up there to the uh, Brooksville uh, competition that's going to be going on up there today, it's at the Cowboy Church up in Brooksville. Is the weigh-in? Uh, the weigh-in officially starts at 10 a.m. and goes until four. 
and you get to go up there and see all the great folks and kids and everybody that's going to be up there winning and doing all kinds of stuff. Today, somebody's going to walk away with at least uh, $1,600 for first place. A thousand, just over a thousand bucks for second, and six hundred and some change for third is not a bad day of squirrel hunting. Plus, no. you get to take them home and, and uh, do what you got to do. You got to have them undo. And a guy who is definitely not squirrel hunting, but should be out today shooting iguanas, our boy Vince down in Fort Lauderdale. How's it going, my boy? What's happening, fellas? I, uh, How's the, the show going without me there? You missed me yet? Oh, no. Uh, well, no. Uh, there's more room in the studio, we, and uh, it's all good. We we have determined <laughs> that next week when we have the uh, Wild Game Cookout, that is the appropriate time for you to finally face the jar of venison. <laughs> all right, we'll make that happen. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm down here right now. All right, hold on. We have, that, we have that on audio. That he will do it, it next week. Well, it's we, gonna be hard to do. It. It's gonna be hard to do since you're not gonna be here. I will be here next week. I thought you said you were right, right. after the show. Oh, after, after the show. Well, after the show. I'm here. I'm, I'm sitting right here with Captain Greg right now. How's it going, guys? Hello. We're getting ready to hop on a uh, beautiful regulator and do some trolling around Fort Lauderdale. Nobody knows what that is. It's a, it's a pretty boat, okay? Uh, well, that's for, all, for all you boys in the trees, it's a nice boat. Why didn't you say boat? All I heard is you were going to be trolling in Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's what you heard. Yeah. Of course, that's what you heard. Yeah. And were... Erica, the queen, finally showed up. She finally with us now. Woo-hoo. Very nice. So are you guys going to do some fishing, or is it just all going to be filming? We're just going to be filming and doing some stuff, local stuff. No no fishing? Erica, you know, Erica's doing Erica stuff. So you're not you drove all the way to Fort Lauderdale and you're not gonna go throw a hook in the water? Uh, not today. Maybe a little bit later. Oh my gosh. All right, fellas. I gotta go. I gotta move my truck. We gotta get on this boat. We gotta get this party rolling. So all right. Oh, that was it? Okay, it, all right, have fun. It. Be safe. Bye. Wear a life vest. We got stuff to do, man. Come on. All right. Okay, well, if you end up with some extra fish, we need some it for of us next work weekend. For a living. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll I'll be on that. Don't worry. Okay, bye. All right, All right bye. Sounds like Fort Lauderdale is just like a very busy place this morning. I tell you, why would I drive all the way to Fort Lauderdale and not go fishing? I don't know. <laughs> it's Vince. It's living the water life. Okay. It's not all about fishing. Well, that is true. It's it's about the things you do and enjoy out. And around the water. I, I got you. I on mean, that. that may be picking up sand fleas out of the dang uh, mm, beach. Man, uh, trying to save up. Sand dollars. Sand, hey, sand did you did you see the, the post uh, the FWC put out on their Facebook page? Which about, one? The rescuing the manatee or the, uh, the... No, the one about picking up the molts, the, the horseshoe crabs molt when they, when they need to... Have a bigger shell. Their shell doesn't grow with them. Wait a minute. So are, are you talking about those same empty shells that happen every single year that all the animal rights people all of a sudden get on social media saying, look how polluted our waters are. They're they killing everyone. They've killed all the horseshoe crabs. Yeah. Well, it turns out, you know, they have made a post about how they're kind of neat to collect and, you know. Maybe that's a good idea the, that they do that more often to tell these people that they're not dying. They're shedding. Yes. All, all crustaceans do it, and they turn Blue around. Crabs, yeah, they turn around and they're, they're evidently, you know, you're asking, 
Go you're ahead. asking. I'm sorry. You're asking animal rights people to actually study up on animals and how actually how they do things. Yeah. yeah well, you know, yeah. it's it's a stretch. I know, but you know. Well, it was funny because they posted the fact that hey, you can go out there and pick up these these shells because they're they're like a shell, and made the mistake of putting that they're it, you know they're not a protected species. Well, of course, you get all these people that jumped up there and you know. What do you mean they're not a protected species? Here it is on your website. They're a protected species. You can't take them. Don't be caught with a live one. I think that they were arguing semantics. I think they're saying that the shells are not a protected species. The, the, but, but a species is the animal itself. It's not the shell of the animal. Right. That's what I'm saying. They well, were, they I mean, were arguing semantics. That, so, But how does that work with, like, because you have shells, like seashells, that are actually uh, there's a species of shells and stuff, and those are there are certain protected ones. There's like a whole island right out by Captiva that does the same thing, where you can't go pick up these shells because certain shells are endangered. Well, and the reason why they do that is the uh, the bald eagle theory. Bald eagle theory. If nobody is allowed to have a bald eagle feather, then nobody can have a bald eagle feather. You know what I'm saying? Uh, because you don't know if they shot the eagle to get the feather or they found it dead or they just found the feather. So, in other words, they say to make it easy for everybody, nobody can have the eagle feather. That way it's across the board. But what I'm, what you're saying is I think the FWC was, in their meaning, they may not have been specific enough to say right. that the empty shells are not protected the living creature is, is protected, hundred percent protected. Which, which is actually the the inane and asinine argument that I got into with this guy that uh, posted a picture of these people that were feeding manatees, and of course <laughs> I was not the one, per, not the only person who wrote, you know, that's not legal, that's illegal, and he said. And, of course, he jumped on me saying, you're an idiot, because if you'd have done your research and Googled the picture and done all the other stuff, you'd see that this is an, uh, a rescue center up in Home Assassin and all that stuff. I said, there's none of that information on the picture. It yeah. just says people feeding manatees in Home Assassin Springs. That's what it said. It doesn't say this is at a rehab center. These are other, Otherwise, it would be illegal. So uh, the picture is giving the wrong information to the lay person who's looking at it going, dude, these people are just out there film, uh, feeding manatees. That's illegal. Can't do that. Can't do it. Well, yes, you can. No, no, you can't. Yes, you can. Well, no, you can't. Well, it's a research center. Doesn't say that in the picture. Doesn't say anything about that in the picture. So I understand where they're coming from if you see that and you say, oh, well, look, uh, you know, you can pick them up. You can play with them. Uh, it's molting season, blah, blah, blah. And then people sit there and go, you, you can't. It says right there on your website. Yeah. You can't touch them. It's an empty shell. It's okay. There are thousands of them all over the beaches. If you really and they want they didn't one, all die. They didn't all die. They no. just changed, changed shells. They changed clothes. They, they yeah. got too tight, and they changed clothes. But Blue crabs do it. We still, we still Crawfish have people do right it. now who are getting in trouble for feeding the manatees right now due to the, quote, quote, uh, unusual mortality event. In other words, instead of, you know, like they did with the red tide, oh, we had a massive fish kill. Mm -hmm. No. With manatees, it's not a massive kill. It's an unusual mortality event. Uh -huh. I, I, I feel like George Carlin. Like, yeah, 
<laughs> like we change it. <laughs> what well, makes it more gentle? It sounds it's gentler not, yes. when you say it that way. It doesn't feel as harsh. Right. But but now and I'm and that's what I'm telling you when you have pictures circulating around on social media that show, you know, two people in straw hats with these gigantically fat overfed manatees and they're feeding them uh, slices of of sweet potato, uh, you know, it's easy to say, dude, that's illegal. Well, it's it's illegal as as crud. You can't do that kind of stuff. The, the reports I was hearing was people were feeding them water hyacinths, and of course, you know, we don't like water hyacinths. We're spraying the living daylights out of water hyacinths, so we don't want to be feeding the sea cows, which do not like the romaine lettuce that the FWC sends them, but uh, they do like. <laughs> the romaine the, the, no the, they they do like the hyacinths they do eat the living daylights out of those. which you don't want to move from one pond but, to another but yeah. you know we we don't ever want to see a massive die-off but i don't think that things are right out there um, it's going to be interesting what may or may not come out in in years to come it may take a little while for it to come out but we've been doing a lot of aggressive spraying a lot of people say that the, the, the seagrass die-off and everything else was not just because, you know, it could be something to do with our spraying. You never know. Yeah. Well, it's not the our cold weather. Our scientists that knew what something was for sure two years ago sure didn't get that right. So <laughs> maybe we don't really understand spraying as much as we think we do. All right. We're going to talk about uh, gator hunts and your ability to be able to do it a little bit more these days. When we come back from break, it is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. I used to worry a lot. I used to hurry a lot. You have to turn your own mic on, maybe. Yeah, I do hurry a lot. I'm used to, I'm used to being over there. Big and Wild Outdoors, Brent Gunn, Bill George, Slick hanging out with you this morning. Carlos is out there. Uh, last week, report we got on his squirrel hunting adventures. He had four in the bag. Toby's up to five. And uh, Vince and uh, Greg Martz and his crew are getting ready to jump on some big boat. Regulator? Is that what he called it? A regulator? Regulator. And they're getting ready to go ahead out and go mess around, bum around uh, Fort Lauderdale uh, filming for his uh, Live in the Water Life show. If, uh, apparently with no fishing. If if I turn around and I said, told you regulator and water, what would you first think? First thing I thought of was scuba diving. Yeah. And the second thing I thought of was uh, young guns. I could Regulators! Mount up! <laughs> I was trying to follow <laughs> the like, conversation. And I was I like, uh, that's why I said when he said, well, we're going to jump on uh, this regulator. And I go, wow. The only no thing I heard is, is trolling. And, you know, No one knows what that is. So then I thought they were fishing, and then they weren't fishing. So... Uh, <laughs> You got a regulator with no dive gear, and you got trolling with no fishing. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe, but it's, some, it's Vince. It's a South Florida term. We don't know. Uh, FWC Bill George will soon be considering a proposal to allow alligator hunting, twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week in certain areas. Currently, hunters right now only have seventeen hours a day, from five p.m. until ten a.m. to harvest alligators, but. Um, the staff is reporting uh, that the commissioners, when they're meeting on, I guess, March 2nd, is looking to push that to 24 hours. 
And the reason for the extended hours, FWC says, is to allow those with an alligator trapping license slash alligator harvest permit seven more hours a day of hunting opportunity and greater flexibility to schedule their hunts, which seems nice. Alligator, of course, uh, first being harvested back in uh, 1988, you know, when we were back there. At the time, the FWC, the the hunt said back then in 1988, it was a commercial opportunity. It still is. With a limited number of participants because of the strong interest in the program, participation was expanded and the mission was refocused to maintain alligator populations within 25% of their 1988 level, according to FWC. If the commissioners approve the proposal, it would uh, not be made final until uh, the May meeting. Now, I thought it was funny because I'm thinking, you know, the FWC really relies on a lot of information about a lot of things in wildlife from the 1980s. Goliath grouper, alligator assessments. Well, I t- uh, You want to know what's crazy? Uh, I tell you what, let me get back to that point. Hold on, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> well, the, the, I'm sorry, something just flashed on my screen. I got to figure out what it is. Well, okay, bye. Well, the thing with the alligator is when, it, when they came out of the, quote, endangered or threatened species, and we weren't sure because, you know, Florida did whack some of the population that was visible to the people quite in a bit. In certain areas. In certain areas were whacked quite a bit, and they went in and thought, hey, maybe these things are, quote, endangered or threatened, and so they put a lot of restrictions on them. But they turned around and they did some surveys, and they said, okay, here's how many alligators we, we think we've recovered. Here's how many alligators we think we have based upon surveys which are very scientific in the way they do it. Um, But here's how many we have, and we want to stay about where we are now. So we can start to allow hunting of the alligator, which is still a commercial license. You still have to pay a commercial license. If it was recreational, then the youth should be able to participate at will and not have to turn around and wait till they're 18 years old to get a license. You still have to have your CITES tag number on every piece of meat and all that kind of good stuff. And so... We turn around, and uh, that's the number that they're looking to do. So every year they do uh, surveys. They go out there. They run night surveys. They run a very particular course every year. They run the same course looking in the same direction, and they basically say, here's how many eyes and alligators we caught. Here's how big they were this year. Compare that to last year. We're seeing more or less, and then they make kind of – we're kind of going up. We're going down. We can increase access. But, we can decrease access, and that's how the the quotas are supposed to be set. And that's that was kind of where I was get, trying to get to my point before my screen started like bugging out. Is that their their process is a little like I, I don't know, not very scientific. Where I get using the same spot and stuff like that, but don't you think you should probably pull the entire or like a little bit more of the state like. Every kind of like major hunting area that we see these tags coming from, they they don't do it on like a countywide basis. A good indication on countywide basis and where I've got FWC to adjust the number of tags before is comparing how many nuisance calls are coming in compared to how many tags they issue for us to have on the public water side in the county that yeah. the, the nuisance calls are coming from or yes yes so let's say hillsborough county at one point only allowed two people to harvest and then it went up to like four um now but, i turned around i i 
plotted every nuisance alligator call. Here's where they were. Here's where I have legal means of going to. And they increased it to a whopping 10 people for the county. Now, now, but can't but, those numbers be kind of strewed? Because how many times are you going to get people that are like down for the summer and the gators just walking across and now you've got like four or five different calls or it something? It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't does, matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because I looked at the the alligators that were actually removed. So those are alligators that the public should have had access to but were being restricted access to. And there was a time in which a lot of these these areas were, quote, protected to protect the nuisance trapper, okay? There was a period of time in which they turned around and they, here's the public people can go over here, but nuisance people, we, we're giving you all these alligators. And, they, and there are some people who made dang good money for a lot of years. Yeah, back in the day. I'm not saying they yeah. do now. Um, it's, it's a losing proposition sometimes now. And you see me fighting a lot when the state doesn't pay them their 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 stipend for each alligator and whatnot. I fight a lot for the nuisance alligator trapper, but, uh, you know, the public should have access to these areas, places in which we're giving, uh, trappers opportunity to go out at will and harvest alligators whenever they want. We should be able to have so a lot more access. Our to opportunity areas. for that would be under the County tag. If you apply Correct. for the County tag, Correct. not just a particular lake. Correct. So uh, they increased it, the county tags from two to ten. Is that what you're saying? Like Correct. as an for example Hillsborough for county. Hillsborough County. Yeah. So you have basically ten individuals who could do uh, pretty much what a trapper gets to do. Correct. Yeah. So as long as you had legal access to where you're at, you can't go sit there and go into Chabal or someplace, or if that's in Hillsborough County, and say, "Hey, I'm here to go get your alligator." Yeah. No, you have to have legal means. Uh, in years past, I've hunted behind Glenn's house. That's a that's a public body of water, right? But doesn't have a boat ramp on it, and so it's kind of nice. You can you kind of have your own little hidey hole there, hidey little spot. But now to Slick's point, the only bad thing about those assessments, I think, for the most part, is we know alligators. They move all over the place. They, they move do. all the time. So there might have been two thousand alligators in Lake uh, Bill George uh, two months ago. But now there's only 150 of them because the rest of them spread out to all yeah, the neighboring they, communities. Yeah, because oh, they they're because they're, they're territorial. So if you've got and one, that's just yeah. So I think that it's a little bit skewed. I'd rather see them do it like, look, we know that we're seeing that the tags are being used right here, 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 and here. All right, in the areas, let's go out and verify over through through this. You know, they don't have the funds. To they they don't have the means to do. They, that. Don't have they the can charge to... me out the ass for all sorts of stuff, no, and they can't listen, take a little bit of that money listen. and go. An airboat ride. Wait, but wait, they're not going to get a true assessment even that way. I, 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 all I have to say is this. March 2nd, there will be an agenda item to talk about this me, said thing. And you are more than welcome to go give so, them your opinion. Give them both barrels, Slick. No, he, let me tell you. Oh. I want to. I want to talk about. Slide on out. I was telling him about my day off the other day. And he knows. You know what you can do on your day off? Come to an FWC meeting. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> on my day off, I'm going to go in and hammer the FWC. <laughs> I don't know. So, do you think this has a leg to stand on? They look. It seems like they're. Uh, they they seem to be okay with it going well, to twenty four seven. It it was funny because there were. It was a number of years ago. I actually had them. The commissioner saying they wanted to give me 26 hours of access time a day because it was it was a no-brainer. 
But the Airboat Association at that time turned around and came in and fought it, and so they they took away the 24-hour. It was something that it shouldn't have been done the way it was. I mentioned it at a commission meeting. The commissioners all agreed unanimously, add that into the rule language, threw it in there on the fly, and then the Airboat Association thought, well, maybe if they're giving them 24 hours, then they're going to not want to be able to allow airboats on there at night. And so they thought they were going to be penalized. penalized. And so it's like that's really not the case. But they fought it, and they got it taken off. So they thought that their access was going to be limited because people were going to complain about the noises at 3 o'clock in the morning or 4 o'clock. So now they're going to say, well, you can hunt during the day, so you don't need to be there at night. That's true. But but that's not a valid reason to to do that either. But the real reason why this is back on isn't necessarily because I've been fighting for it for years, but there is a particular commissioner that wants it. So just so happens that my view and his view align, and it's moving forward. So he's made it his baby, too, to make sure. He's made it his baby. Well, that's a good thing. Uh, By the way, uh, Toby just reported in quickly, number six and number seven are now on the ground. Carlos, bro, you need to text that guy and find out what's Uh, going uh, on out in the deep, dark uh, northern woods. Because he's getting his butt handed to him right now. I'm going to have to turn around. Carlos may have heavier four. He ain't. I don't know anything about it. I need to know what's going on. Toby now leads at the moment. With well, uh, numbers, uh, number seven. It on could the be Carlos just has no signal for a little bit. <laughs> it could be, but I doubt it. All right, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Ford. Stay there. We'll be back. Hey, here we go. Big and Wild Fast Cast for you. It's going to be a fast one. It's going to be a kind of an overcasty kind of day, off and on going to be temperatures in the 60s mid upper 60s don't be shocked if your conditioner kicks back on because it's starting next week tomorrow's going to be a beautiful day but uh we're looking at temperatures uh in the 80s or more uh coming up next week so it's not going to be too bad not rain no rain really in the forecast i know it was wet this morning we still couldn't figure out if it was just rain or heavy fog i mean i didn't i didn't hear any rain last night i I had the windows open i didn't Get awakened by I'd go any. with heavy dew, heavy, heavy. Could dew. have been a could have been heavy, heavy dew. I, I'm not sure. Um, of course, the big giant squirrel competition is going on as we speak up there. It's the second annual Brooksville squirrel hunting competition. Uh, Toby has reported in from the Brooksville woods that he is uh, with number seven. I texted uh, Carlos during the break and said, hey, man, where are you at, man? Because uh, your boy well, Toby's we, piling them up, bro. I need well, I need a number here. We lose self-signal out there in that particular Well, then place. climb up a tree. You got yeah. climbers out there. Yeah. Get out there. Get up there and get high. Don't worry about it. Uh, spring turkey season, of course, is right around the corner. Bill George is going to be heading off uh, towards Hawaii next weekend to uh, go get his turkey season started out on the big island to go out to go shoot a Rio uh, but for the rest of us, we're all scrambling around trying to find our favorite turkey loads, as we all talked about earlier in the show. Uh, it's one of those things. But uh, two things that, that came out this past week that I wanted to talk to you about. Um, one of them is one that's been discussed on the show, but also at just about every turkey camp in the world, including yours. 
Um, there was an article that came out this past week that the gentleman was asking the question, why roosting turkeys the night before is a total waste of time. Have you have you thought about that? Is that something that has a negative connotation in your life, or does it work for you to roost those birds the night before? I can tell you I have roosted birds and been very successful. Roosted is not roasted. Um, they still go down, fly down, and go every which direction sometimes. You, you think you have them patterned or something like that, and boom. But one of my most memorable hunts was I, I turned around, I watched a turkey fly up one evening, and I took a, an older 80-year-old gentleman out there the next morning who, who at that particular time was, was um, contemplating not hunting anymore. And, you know, I, I hate seeing that. And this was right on the side of a, a road. And I turned around and I... I got him to go out there and the said turkey flew down the next day and it, it's funny because i i told him that turkey is either going to hit the ground right here or right there and so we made sure out of the palmetto blind there was he could shoot to either either one of those spots and this man turned around used to work with love it and all that down in fish eating creek he knew a lot about turkey and but he shot that bird as soon as it hit the dirt and he said I've killed a lot of turkeys, but I've never had one hit the X. <laughs> call somebody call your shot. It's like coming up to home plate and pointing at the bleachers. I'm sitting there right there, man. Yeah. Well, I, I ask that because I have, as you said, you really you don't know where they're going to go. I mean, it really, they're creatures. They go different ways. If some hen decides one day to go that way, you know the gobbler's going to go that way. I mean, I've had them where... You watch them fly, and they they go hundreds of yards gliding off into the distance where you're like, you would have never thought in a million years, why in the world are they going over there? And then you're running and gunning for the rest of the day trying to get ahead of them. And I've also, I was out at Mr. Lightsey's one time, and uh, I was out with Jack Maxey, and he had roosted the night before and said, these birds are going to pitch out over here, blah, 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 sit over here. So I'm waiting to in the area, where, like you said, they're going to land over in this little area here where he's watched them do it every single morning for the past four days. And, of course, the day I'm there, they all go and land within feet of me behind me in behind the tree that I'm sitting with my back yeah. to. And you hear them, boom, and they're all landing. I'm like, I can't turn around. There's no way I can get a shot. Don't move. And they're gone. And I was like, what the? And he's like, well, obviously there's a better restaurant in that direction than there is in that direction. And and you really don't know. And I said, I guess for some people it works, but for everybody, at least it gives you the general idea. And like what I said happened where they flew off and they glided out towards this field and we ended up having a run and gun for them. That was up in Brooksville, by the way. Yeah. And uh, we ended up getting a bird that day, but it was a lot harder to do than uh, waiting for them to pitch out like you did and land on the X. Well, I turn around. I, I take every opportunity I can a lot of times to be out in the woods. If I can hear a bird gobble the night before, I, I turn around heard one gobble one night looking and scouting for Carlos and his son and heard a bird gobble, and I turned around, and I'd never been in that part of the woods, so I went running around with my little GPS at night and got close, no headlight. I mean, just 
got back in the thicket stuff and uh turned around and got an idea where he was gonna be. So I backed out the next morning. We come in from a whole different way and I'm like, We should be close and Carlos was like, Let's just go let's go right right just a little bit more and it's like okay and of course when we got to the tree off they went they saw you guys and said uh, F-16. And we were du- we were in the dark, but somebody had a headlight. No, oh, well there you go. Uh, and speaking of that gobbling thing, also li- listed in his article, he was talking about the fact that you don't seem to be able to get Tom's to gobble as much <clears throat> on the limb as you used to. It's I don't know if they're being uh, used to it or they know that that's a bad thing when you have somebody trying to get them to gobble on the limb to locate them while they're roosting so that you can kind of get an idea of where to set up the next day yeah well i've I've had mixed success you know the thing is it's it's one of those things if you don't do it you it'll never be successful if you're successful one in a hundred times at least it works. you at least know you're in the right area because the next morning there's nothing more frustrating than know you're in an area that has a turkey and you know he's there and the next morning he doesn't say a thing well, and, and that goes to later on in the article. He says the reason why that is is because there's too many hens. He's up there on the limb. He's limbed up with a bunch of hens, and he doesn't he doesn't need your attention. He doesn't need you. I got I got 54 chicks up here with me. Why, why do I care what you're doing? Does that make sense? Yes and no. Well, I Because can, I, I haven't met many gobblers that wouldn't like one more. You know— you say that, but I have witnessed it with my own eyes where you're sitting there. We'd run and gun. We'd cut these gobblers off, and we got them in a spot where it was a little horseshoe area where there was, there was no place for them to go except for the woods. And Jack Maxey, one of the top callers in the United States of America, would not could not, no how, no way, pull those gobblers anywhere away from these hens that were literally like semi-tractor trailer trucks lined up at the border of Canada, the United States, mm. waiting on their turn. And even after the fact that all these hens, once they got bred, he was like, dude, we're, we, there's nothing we can do. As long as they got girlfriends who are willing to, you know, to Put bed out. down, yeah, to do what they're going to do. There's no chance where I'm going to call him off there. Would you leave? I mean, I mean, think of it in human terms. Would you go? And well, I was like, well, I guess we'll sit here for a while and we'll wait till they're done. But 50, n- 40 hens go through the, the line up, and now they're all sitting there strutting around. And I guess I don't know if they're filled with testosterone or anything else, and they're feeling bravado because all those girls went to them and lined up. That is the, the one- key thing right there. In nature – you, we, you, by trying to get the gobbler to come to you, you are fighting nature. Oh yeah, okay? you're trying to make him change his y- entire structure. His his thing is he's supposed to let the turkey know, here I am, gobble, strut. It's a visual thing. Yeah. That drumming. If you like what you see, ladies, him, yeah, come on over here. And that's that's his thing is that hen is supposed to go to him. You know, so oh uh, they wouldn't even say boo to us. I mean they would. They as soon as he would crack, were and he they would, strutting? Oh yeah, they were okay. like. <laughs> then he was. That's all. That's yeah. That's his communication. Exactly. He doesn't need to gobble. No, and and he wouldn't. And he, there was no way they were pulling him off of there to get him over there. There's no way. And, and so but we can, just kind of like, well, I, 
chalk that up to experience. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're out of here. A lot of times you turn around, that turkey's coming. When he gets around and starts getting close, he's strutting and he's he's drumming. He's not gobbling all the time when he's super close. And he, that's him saying, and if you keep calling, at a certain point he says, you should be able to see me. I'm going to sit right here. And exactly. He, he's not moving. Yeah. Do what? You you don't you can't hear me? You can't see me? What's wrong with you, chick? You know what? It's probably not worth my time anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, now, I will say this. The, with, with Jack, when we were out there, we were trying to do the, the coaxy, coaxy, you know, come on over kind of thing. But when I was out with a, a, a buddy of ours, David, up in Brooksville, we had one that was hung up, had a bunch of hens around him. He did his thing. He's out there in the middle of the field in the sun showing off glistening copper i mean he looked great and all that stuff and he's calling trying to do the hey baby coo 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 you know come over here no but you know what got him to finally come around the a corner fight. a fight when he did that hen fight when he got out there and broke out all the stops and started a chick fight over in the bushes it was killing that guy to not run over there and see that Oh yeah, he was like at first he you know boom all the feathers went down head straight up looking over like oh dude what's going on over there and then it was like eh, I'm gonna go ahead and attempt to you know puff up no maybe I, no it was like he he was wanting to strut but then he put it all back down and listen and then finally it was just like I can't take it anymore I have to go over there and see this fight oh yeah I have to and then what he did is he faded out the fight so that they were like moving. So he started on this side of the hill and then started the fight and moved it to where the sound was now going away from him. So the fight was moving away from him, and that's what drew him in. He was like, oh, man, I'm going to miss it. They're moving away. I got to go catch up with them. I want to see these girls fight. And as soon as he rounded that corner, kaboom, that was all she wrote. Boom. That was one of the hardest ones I ever did, and it was the, one of the most memorable and fun ones I ever did. Well, I know turkey season's coming up here. It, youth season's going to be here a little bit quicker, not next weekend, but the following is youth season. Uh, anybody in the Tampa Bay area, St. Pete, uh, one area that, that you can go take a youth to hunting without a permit, any quotas or anything else, is the Richland Wildlife Management Area. I know we've... we've it's not that far. We, we've sent Allen and some of his group up there before and and they got on some birds but it is an area that you can go out there you can get out a week before you can as an adult and and hunt and uh you don't need any special quota permit or anything else to take a kid out that weekend no and that's a good thing and it's uh i met a couple of dads yesterday who were looking at some of the 410 single shots and stuff that were going to take their uh one guy was taking his daughter out for the first time and um I was like, I was talking to her. I said, are you ready for this? You ready for numb butt and all this other stuff? And he goes, oh, no. I'm setting up a blind. We're bringing chairs. We're going to have to sit there where she's going to be comfortable. She can scratch and poke and itch and everything else. And we don't have to worry about it. We'll get to that iron butt uh, turkey style as she gets a little older. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. All right. We're going to give you some of the best calls according to Outdoor Life for this year. If you want to have them bought yours yet. I know Bill George is the worst caller on the planet. Maybe we can help him improve him. But I kill turkeys. But he kills a billion and a half of them. All right, take the fast one. Brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be back. I might have some time to be able to do both. Maybe. Maybe.
I was looking at uh, when Bill George was talking uh, a couple of weeks ago about him heading off to Hawaii, and I, uh, out of my own curiosity, I just wanted to see how many uh, people are registered or how many people that live on the island actually hunt their own island, and it was uh, <laughs> numbers are pretty low. Now, not to say that the native peoples that are there, they're, they're allowed to go out and go hog hunting and all that stuff whenever they choose to, and I think that they're exempt from a lot of the same rules and everything as, as other folks. But um, going through, um, I found the list of all the uh, registered hunters in each state, and it tells you what percentage or basically whatever, how many licenses and everything are sold in each individual state. And I thought it was interesting that one of the largest ones in the entire nation was number 50, and that's California. I would have thought that there would have been more there than then no it's then that was put there i know a lot that, of people go there but is that list a percentage ranked by percentage of residents or by the number of residents no th- this this one goes by the percent of residents with paid hunting licenses yeah so you while you may have a a large number of hunters that actually do hunt and live in california by percentage you you look okay. Los Angeles, a very large town, probably don't have a lot of hunters hunting in Los Angeles or traveling somewhere to hunt from Los Angeles. But they but they also put on there you know total paid hunting license holders for the state. Okay, what is what is the total there for the state? Two hundred and sixty seven thousand one hundred and seventy. Okay, what is it in Florida? Uh, Florida, um, I can't remember where we were in that list. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Because I know that we, it, it can be skewed in the fact that we don't include uh, fishing in there. Because if you included fishing in there, we would be probably ranking up there pretty close to the top. Um, Florida is below, um, let's see, there's Georgia, Carolina's. Um, where is Florida? It's a long list. We're talking about all fifty of them here. It's yeah. at the bottom of the state or the United States. Okay, look, what? No. You said where is Florida? Massachusetts. Okay, look. No, at here's here's Florida right here. Percentage of residents with paid hunting licenses is around zero point nine percent. Total paid hunting license holders one hundred eighty nine thousand seven hundred and six. Okay. So, forty fifth. Okay, with 189. Okay, so we don't have very many hunters in the state of Florida, which I don't disagree with. Well, I think that you have a lot of them that also, they go out of state. We have a lot of hunters, but but they don't really participate in their own state. Keep in mind, all the exempt hunters aren't included in that because that's only licensed paid license holders. That is true. Okay. But but now it will say this is uh, funny because... The total number of hunting licenses, tags, permits, and stamps combined is almost double that. It's 303,556. Okay. But that's 0.7 to California, 0.9 to Florida. Where's Pennsylvania? Uh, it's up towards the top, I'm sure. Don't go down. No, it's why would it be less? No, it's uh, the top of the list is the most. That's why I got to go down because it starts at 50 and goes down. Okay. So you're you're telling me to go the wrong way. <laughs> you're telling me to go the wrong way. 
Uh, let's see. New Jersey, uh, we're 45th. Connecticut is 44th. Delaware, which percentage-wise you thought would be a little bit higher, yeah, is because a lot of the population. more in Delaware than in Florida. Yeah, percentage-wise, yeah, it is, but almost but, double, but, but less hunters, uh, sixteen thousand. So I mean, they go by percentages, but uh, Maryland, Nevada, Washington, Illinois, which is mind-blowing. New York is thirty-eight. Virginia, uh, Ohio, South Carolina, Indiana. Uh, Tejas, Texas, going by percentage. License holders in that state, 1,120,620. And only up to whopping 3.9%. And only 3.9%. And what, what you, as you're scrolling through there, what you see is, as a basis, hunters are a minority. And if you turn around and wonder why we get beat up all the time and we lose opportunity and everything else, it's because the small minority that we are don't show up at the meetings. Don't do any of that. Right. Whereas the bad guys do. Yeah. Yeah. They, they are committed. They are absolutely committed. Uh, looking so. at Pennsylvania, uh, residents paid hunting licenses, 7.3%. Total paid license holders, 930,815. Yeah. That's what you're looking 7. at 7.3%. So it's only, a, it's at 24. So it's above half. What What's the largest percent state with the largest percent? The largest percentage, number one? Yeah. I would have never guessed in a million years. Well, then that's because you did. California? No, New York. California's no, California's at the bottom 50th. of the list. It's 50th. New York? No, it's. No, Pennsylvania have more than New York. North Dakota. South Dakota. South Dakota. South Dakota. 24.1% of I would have guessed the Dakotas are right off. It's just weird that. Yeah, no. Well, they're talking about percentage-wise, when you got 212,736 uh, total license holders. You sit there and say, what else is there to do? <laughs> <laughs> Prairie Dogs, all that number Wyoming. two. Number two is Wyoming, which everybody in Wyoming that I've ever met in my life hunts. So it doesn't, I mean, they're all there. 22% of, of the residents are there, and uh, there's a ton over there. Number three is Montana. Again, not much to do. You got a long winter. You go get what you can get and do what you got to do. Fill that freezer. Uh, number four is North Dakota on that one with 17% of it. And then number five is Idaho. Yeah. Which I would thought you would like be, some potatoes without. I thought it would be higher than that since they have, I think, like 96% of Idaho is public land. So, I mean, it's it's crazy that you can go up there and. Park your car on the side of the road and walk out and go elk hunting. Uh, number six, by the way, is Oklahoma. Number seven with the percentage of highest hunters is Alaska for number seven. Number eight is Wisconsin. Uh, number nine is West Virginia. And uh, to complete the top ten, Maine. Maine. Well, Maine. And there you go. I just thought it was interesting because I thought Hawaii would have been a lot higher, but it's 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 a lot lower. Carlos, Carlos just texted he lost he had lost signal. And so what is he up to? What did he, he say? Just, uh, he he texted lost signal in Spanish, but I know enough Spanish that I actually got it. So wait but, a minute, it was more important hey, for him to tell us that he lost signal in Spanish than it was to tell us how many squirrels he's killed. Well, so maybe far. maybe what he really meant in the translation. Maybe I missed the translation. 
maybe he lost his signaler and George is lost. <laughs> is that what it is? Maybe that's what the signal. You know, I, we talk about I, George being out there I, giving the warning. I don't. I don't uh, know. I don't. My Spanish uh, reading is not that good. But but uh, uh, yeah, los signos. So whatever. Well, well the uh, whatever he should be able to text it if he can text it. That's I, why I asked yeah, him. I meant to say something last weekend. There was a uh, turkey hunt that had opened up. There's going to be some people who are going to have an opportunity to hunt turkeys. I don't know if you still can go out to uh, go outdoors Florida and apply for a turkey hunt, but they are actually going to the panther refuge down in South Florida. I don't think has ever been hunted uh, for turkeys or hunted at all, and they are holding a turkey hunt out this year, and some people are going to be lucky enough to draw a permit. I did manage this week to put in an application. I mentioned to somebody else who uh, is a very avid turkey hunter, and they did last night. They had already put in an app, but uh, where can you do that? You go, you to, go to go outdoors, Florida, and apply yeah. for limited entry hunts. But it's in the National Wildlife Ref- Panther Refuge. Um, you know that a long time ago they started opening more and more of these lands to be able to hunt and fish and increasing opportunities. Right now, they're the uh, there's people out there fighting the fact that we're getting extra opportunities on these lands. Including Joe um, Biden. Well, Joe Biden's administration is having closed-door negotiations uh, on one of the lawsuits that is going out right now. Yeah, with animal um, rights people on uh, public uh, federal lands. Yes. So, But yeah. I applied. Maybe I'll get it. Maybe I won't. But at least I tried. At least you tried. All right, squirrels. Here I come. Here he comes. All right, everybody, have fun. Be safe. Have a great and wonderful weekend. Tomorrow's going to be a better day than today, so get out and enjoy it and have a lot of fun. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We'll see you next Saturday. Have fun, you guys. Thanks, Slick. WHFS Sefner, WQYK-FM HD2.